and welcome to another episode of Fool's Daily. Um, I am joined, as seemingly always, by the indomitable Mr. Matt Spina. Just like a bad smell that you can't get rid of, really. My, Sometimes literally. Well, yeah. My children do ask why I'm friends with you. <laughs> because of my ravishing good looks and charm. See, those aren't really good reasons, though, are they? Because neither of those things exist. Seems a bit harsh. But fair. Mm, I mean, I'm not even sure your fiancé would describe you as ravishing good looks and charm. She certainly wouldn't put charm. Not charm, but she (laughs) does actually think I'm handsome. Bless her, the short-sighted fool. I was going to say, has she been checked for cataracts? What, those little things that you click between your fingers? No, that's a castanet. Ah, right. (laughs) So, today... Uh, we are going to talk about Salute 2017. Yes. Um, which happened last weekend, as we record. And I'm not completely sure my feet have recovered yet. My legs were so sore. <sighs> was worse I've than... still got slightly sore ankles, if I'm honest. It was worse than rugby training. Frankly. I don't know. I've not done that in a long, long time. Well, cast your mind back to when you were having to do shuttle runs. Oh, God, I don't want to. <laughs> I used to hate shuttle runs. God! I used to hate training. I always liked the Dean Richards approach of turn up, sort of touch your toes twice, finish your pint, and then play. I did. There were occasions that I would turn up maybe 20 minutes late for training because then the, they would have finished the laps around the track and you're on to skill training. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I was tra- stuck in traffic, coach. Yeah, parked up around the corner. Yeah, having a fag. No! Yeah. Anyway, so, we were at Salute last weekend, um, doing our bit as good community citizens. We were. Uh, the altruistic, philanthropic members of the gaming community. Yes, we were helping out um, Andy from Heresy. On his store, uh, as sales monkeys, basically. Mm-hmm. And it was a long day. Yes, I mean, it's long for us, and we pitched up, and they were pretty much already set up, and we left them to take it all down themselves. Yes, yes, yes. We we'd had enough by then. Um, but it was it was interesting. It got me, and it got me to thinking about stuff. I mean, we met lots of people that we knew. Um. Lots of people came up and said hello. Um, we met quite a lot of people I didn't know as well. Yes, but you did meet a lot of people that you did know. Yes. Um, that Mark Bedford chap proved that he knows nothing about movies. I think the bloke's a cinematic genius. <laughs> I think he knows nothing about movies. He's a handsome and intelligent man. <laughs> and in fairness, also harassed us into, why don't you make any Fool's Dailies anymore? He doesn't actually have that voice, by the way. <laughs> yes, yes. Like, actually, yeah, right. it wasn't the only one, but to be fair, though, we, we, did get, no. we did get quite a few people going, how can you never record anything anymore? Well, you know, we're trying. <laughs> you're very trying. Uh, <laughs> Ah, you're so... F- oh, wait, no, you're not. So, Salute was... It was good. I mean, it was it was interesting. I mean, last year we went... We were there running 
the bendy board store. Was that really a year ago? Yes. And it was. It, it's very different running your own store compared with a store um, for someone whose product you know you like and you've got, but isn't actually yours. Mm. Um, that was that was something that that struck me. But the thing that struck me more, and was, is Salute worth it? As mm. a small producer, and I'm still torn on whether it is. Um, if I if I bloody exp- it's bloody expensive. Yeah, if I look if I look back at last year, um, when we were doing the bendy board stand, uh, we only had we only had a small we only had a small stand. And it was still over five hundred quid to rent it. Yeah, I mean, you, you per- purchase your frontage by six foot increments, if I yeah. recall correctly. Yeah. Um, and you then, if you want a power socket, it costs <laughs> cost you one hundred and forty pounds for a power. Sixty, I thought it was. Oh, is it gone up to one hundred and sixty? It was one hundred and forty. Sure, that. One hundred forty before. Um, and okay, so that's fine. And you know, typically, I mean, you know, certainly bendy boards. We were doing all those. We were doing all those bundle deals, etc., which certainly helped. We mm-hmm. we took money on the day about twenty eight hundred pounds. Mm-hmm. Okay, so twenty eight hundred pounds. That sounds great. Twenty eight grand. Twenty eight hundred pounds. Over two and a half grand. But then you go. All right, so it cost us five hundred. It cost us five hundred for the stall. Yeah. So now we've made. Now we've taken. You know, we've made twenty three hundred. We built all of the stock, and all of the cutting time that goes into making that stock, and all of the stress that goes along with that. Mm-hmm. And the packaging. All the because we upgraded all our packaging. We bought all the. Um, you know, new racking and everything. Um, hotels the night before, uh, you know, which were 80, 90 pounds a room. And there were, mm-hmm. how many rooms did we have? You didn't, you came up on the Saturday, didn't you? Yeah. So. Certainly two or three. Rebecca and, Rebecca and I and Lee and his missus, I think we had three rooms. Um, so that's, you know, that's another 270 quid and then, mm-hmm. um, you know, food and breakfast and stuff and hiring a van and mm-hmm. you're clear, you're actually clearing not a massive amount of money. No. Now maybe for the big boys, I mean, obviously, well, obviously for the big boys, the, the sums are different because they're going to clear a lot more money, but it got me thinking. If you look, if you look at, you know, Andy at Heresy, I mean, he was saying that he'd spent 140 hours the week before casting stuff. Yeah. Um. You know, you're better off working at McDonald's. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
you've got to remember the margins in the majority of kind of those, certainly the smaller hobby. Yeah. So by the time you take out the actual cost of products, then all of those ancillary costs of, of getting there have, you know, it's not just as well. It's not just about getting there and having products. You've got to be able to display the product. You've got to have some sort of discernible, you know, market presence. So potentially you're talking about, you know, drop cloths for tables, racking for your product, a banner or some form of advertising standee. All of that stuff then costs money and eats into that margin. So from from a sales perspective, for the kind of small to mid-range um, sellers at Salute, it's not – I don't think you're there for the economy of the sales per se. It's more than it comes as a visible market presence opportunity. Yes, I think that I think that's the tra- I think that's the trade-off is the is the visible market presence is that people see you and you know you've got you've got stuff there and certainly if you take a a small stand so our friends Michael and Joe at Oathsworn had must have been the smallest stand possible it must have only been a six foot stand yeah. Um, you know, and every time I went, because we got little breaks, so we got to go for a wander mm-hmm. around. Every time I went past them, they were busy. Um, mm-hmm. And as well, they should be, because Burroughs and Badges is excellent. Um, and, their, and their range of miniatures is also excellent. Yeah. And they're bloody nice people. Oh, don't go too far. Well, Joe, jo- Joe seems nice. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, and so you're looking at it and you're thinking... And you can see, but then there were loads of people that were advertising, effectively using it as advertising for their forthcoming Kickstarters. Yeah. A foreground is a prime example of that with this new Fantasy Warband Kickstarter that they're looking to do. Yeah. I mean, they had, there were demo, there were tables that you could play it on. And yeah. there were, um, uh, you know, people talking about it, but they're all going Kickstarter, 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 Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. It was purely for that an advertising expense, and then there was effectively a separate, almost a separate booth that was going. Here's your terrain. Yeah. Um, now, when we did it last year, it was certainly good from the point of view of selling terrain, the new, you know, the new stuff that we had. So that last year, Bendy Boards launched. Um, the Labyrinth and uh, the Victorian. You mean the dungeon? No, I mean the Labyrinth and the Victor yeah. and the Victorian range. Yeah. Um, and so we sold, you know, we sold those kits. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I think part of it is we were selling it at a massively discounted rate. Um, yeah. We probably didn't make actually any money on those. Certainly on the dungeon kits, we didn't sell it, make any money. Um, yeah, because you know we were selling it for 30, 75 and if I wanted to make any sort of margin, you know, even a ten, fifteen percent margin, I'm selling. I'm having to sell the same stuff at one hundred and twenty, hundred and thirty. Yeah. Um, so you know we're probably making it almost a loss, and that was a conscious decision that we made mm-hmm. to act as effectively a publicity exercise. Um, yeah. 
the problem being, of course, is that you forget how fickle um, gamers' memories are. And we've seen it in just the past few days that um, we've launched, you know, Terrain Shed, which is now what Bendy Boards is called, has launched new stuff. Um, and it so happens that that new stuff ties in with various things that are coming out. or And so we've been able to sort of almost bootstrap off that publicity. Yeah. And yet it's still, I never knew you guys existed. Yeah. And we we spent the whole of last year effectively going, look at us, look, look at me over here, woo! Mm-hmm. And you didn't get anywhere. So it really makes me wonder about the economics of of doing it. Is it, yes, the presence is worth it, but what do you lose by not being present? If you, if you don't mm. put in that insane amount of hours that you have to do beforehand to get ready and deal with all the stress and things... Your quality—it's a quality of life versus how much money. How much money are you actually losing out on when you do when you do your sums? If yeah. you're if you're clearing a thousand pounds from with all of this with all of the you know if that's if that's what you're clearing after you've made all your expenses in your hotels and everything, um, is that worth all the stress that you've put in when you could have been doing other things? Mm. And does it then generate the follow-up sales from people who don't buy at Salute, but then, you know, take a card, make a note, mental note um, of, you know, your product name or your company name? Um, yeah. I mean, if, 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 we, if we look at the, the stuff that we were selling at the weekend, there were a lot of people mm-hmm. who bought a single figure to use as a D&D character. Which surprised actually yeah. there was a that surprised me how many people bought a single figure to um, use the D and D character, but you're not going to get a repeat sale out of that person, no, nope. because they bought they're not buying into your range and things. You've bought one figure, yeah. um, so it's that the other thing that surprised me at the weekend was the amount of people who said, "What game do I use these with?" Yeah. And yeah, was... there were lot, lots of people, and I, and I think that's probably true for a lot of, if you like, the boutique figure sculptors and figure manufacturers that aren't tied to a particular game system or, um, you know, a, a bigger corporate identity, is gamers are lazy. Yeah. Gamers are lazy, and they don't necessarily... You, you sometimes see it, and in case he's listening, I don't mean this in a bad way, but our friend Pete struggles with game systems that don't set out his armies, give him some army structure, give him some form of system for figuring that out. And there's a lot of gamers that that kind of want to be spoon-fed that bit. They, you know, they they like to buy figures and they like to play to uh, to play games, but don't necessarily like to have to figure out what figure they're going to use, where they should be buying it from, that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, you, you kind of – the flip side of that is people will come – and I guess to a degree hassle-free get a very similar um, approach from people who come up and go, I really like this figure, but what can I use it for? Well, 
We know. I mean, we've talked previously, and we've had we had them on the sh- the show. And um, the uh, the reason that the Otherworld skirmish system exists is precisely to stop that. Um, what do you use these figures for? Mm. You know, what game am I playing these figures? Well, now you've got here. You go. Here's a twenty five pound book with the figures. Excellent. I like the figures. I'll chuck the extra twenty five quid in. It's it's not whether they'll ever play it or not. It's a here's an add on mm. system. Um, and I do wonder if the if that was certainly I got that question a lot. Yeah, the weekend, yeah, you know? I got it quite a few times as well. Um, and I do wonder if companies, you know, you're talking about the boutique customer. One of the other ones I finished, I visited was. Um, uh, Northumbrian Tin Soldier. Yeah. Um, they make um, a couple of really awesome ranges. One is um, the Time Robbers range, which is basically not Time Bandits, um, which are lovely middles, yeah. models. Um, and they oh, make they make their Night Folk range, which are really, really awesome characterful sculpts and... There are many in there that I keep thinking, looking at going, oh, I'm tempted by them. Oh, I quite fancy a unit of those. Oh, I could do that. Um, and I'm sure at some point I will break down and, and buy some. I wonder how many times they get the question, what do you use these for? Mm. Uh, and I wonder if... I mean, I was very good. I was very pushy on things like dragon rampants and stuff um you know go this and people were talking about war bands and i was saying if you walk over the aisle to that man over there then you can mm-hmm. put then you can purchase open combat and that's designed yeah. for this sort of thing but i wonder how many times someone like carl who was you know selling open combat, got the same question in reverse what figures do i use what figures do i use yeah yeah what <sighs> it's a a tricky thing. I mean, you know, I think you almost need to have a rule. If you're selling figures, you almost need to have a rule set that you're selling with it or one on your stand that you're going to promote. So here's the thing that, as you've been speaking, I've been thinking about. Is that, do you think, because of the age of gamers and what they've been brought up on has changed? Because, to use my experience, and it's you know probably similar for yourself, although you're less historical background, but in the olden days, when I was young, and Bye. a beardy, his- shut up, <laughs> a beardy historical gamer, you would buy a set of, you would buy a set of rules. Um, rule writers were nothing to do with figure manufacturers at that point. The two were distinctly different things. So you would buy an, a Wargames Research Group set rule, Shock of Impact, Tercio, whatever they were, um, and then you would source figures. And there were a number of historical figure manufacturers back in the olden days, You know, the big ones being things like Essex and minifigs and stuff like that. So you would have the rules and you would source the figures. Increasingly now, I think the age demographics of people who are now in their 30s, um, and potentially early 40s, probably haven't had that same experience because what you've got is obviously the Games Workshop model of here are the rules and here are the figures that you use to play our rules. 
And we've seen also, to a degree, that developing some of the historical gaming where you've got Flames of War, you've got Warlord Games, um, that, again, here's a set of rules and here's the figures that you can buy all in the same web, web store. They've not had that experience of getting on the internet and searching through different manufacturers to try and find the right rules. So perhaps that that kind of seeking mentality isn't there in in the current middle-aged generation of gamers. I mean, it's a, it's a broad sweeping generalisation and certainly it's not a model that you could apply to everyone. But I just wonder if that's a factor. If you like the gaming heritage of, you know, the 30-something gamer now is everything has been in one place anyway, so you've not had to look around. I think you're probably right. I normally am. Well, you're not. But occasionally, even a broken well, me clock... Me and Mark Bedford are right about, about Batman, bruv. Even, even, even a broken clock is right twice a day. <laughs> um, yeah, I think you're. I think you're. I think you're possibly right. I think there, there is this, and I, I don't. Uh, you know, I'm going to make broad, sweeping generalizations about youths. Anyway, is that I do think yeah. that there is, in general, a more of a spoon-fed culture these days. Yeah. Um, and I do think that uh, you're right when it comes to gaming that people expect. To be out. But I, but coming back to my earlier point, I do think that it makes sense for if you're a mini manufacturer and you're you're trying to sell figure ranges. If you're carrying, you know, have on your stand a set of rules. I don't care what the yeah. set of rules is. It yeah, have all to... flyers for that set of rules. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. You know, you know, if if Andy had kind of flyers for open combat, flyers for Dragon Rampant or Ogam, you could have said. You could have immediately pointed people in in the right direction, and likewise, those rule writers, although I guess there's less emphasis on them, could could almost have the same thing in reverse. So, Carl, you know, with open combat, could here's a set of rules, and here are some manufacturers that are here today that you yeah. can now go and buy the figures that you either see on this table or see in the book. Yeah, um, and you know, you're helping each other. You know, there is a almost a closed loop there of Salute becomes that one-stop shop where you can pick up a whole system and your armies um, and you spoon-feed the lazy, good-for-nothing, bludging 30-year-olds that, you know, just can't do it themselves. Bloody students, kids these days. Yeah, because there was, there, was, there, was plenty, you know, plenty of people who had plenty of money to spend. The, oh, God, yes. There wasn't, there wasn't a shortage of, you know, what wasn't a shortage of gaming pounds. No, um, but there was. I mean, everywhere I look, people people seem to be busy. People seem to be selling stuff. Yeah, and I think that that's why the Burroughs and Badgers stuff was was working so well because mm-hmm. um, they have got that integration between here's a figure range, which is you, you know pretty unique in the fact that it's yeah. um, anthropomorphic animals, and yeah. for an extra tenner. You get a rules pa- a rules book, and we'll give you the beta the beta rules book for the one that's coming out from Osprey next year. Yeah, free because that's yeah. I mean that's you know that's where that we just had Scrappers released. Yeah, um, from Osprey as this year's hardback, which is a post apocalyptic rule set. 
Mm. Unsurprisingly, we've both got it. Perhaps yes. also unsurprisingly, neither of us has particularly read it yet. No. Um, but Burrows and Badges is going to be in that slot next year. That hardback, yeah. that hardback slot. The Frostgrave um, slot. The Frostgrave slot, yeah. Um, so having that available, but with a figure ra- with a set of figure ranges, is going to be massive, I think. Yeah. Um, I really think it's going to do exceptionally well. Uh, I certainly hope so. Oh, so do I. So do I. And um, and you know, I've already got my figures. <laughs> I just need to base them and at least undercoat them. Hmm. But I wonder if I wonder if that is the the way you know that's that's a way forward for the smaller manufacturers. But I, you know, get a, get a rule set. It doesn't have to be your rule set. Um, you look at the money that Nick at Northstar makes using piggybacking the the Osprey rules. You know, getting the man, getting the the gangs bundled up for, and we've seen it. Yeah, he's done it for Ronin. He's done it for Rogue Stars. You know that model, and I don't know what you know doing, but that sells figures. Yes, it does. It because does. again, you're spoon feeding. Here's a set of rules, and you know anybody that has ever listened to us knows we love those ten pound Osprey rule sets. Um, they are generally pretty damn good. Yep. Um, but here's a set of ten pound rule sets, which in the current climb, ten pound for a set of rules. You know, professionally bound colour is cheap these days. You know, you've got Warlord knocking out 30, 35 pounds for a set of black powder or whatever it is these days. Yeah. Um, so, and then here's a box with the figures you'll need. Everything you need for, you know, 35, 40 quid. Um, he doesn't write the rules, but he uses that model particularly effectively. Yes. I mean, you know, look at the Frostgrave models. Frostgrave, yeah. is a, Frostgrave is a system that is designed to be um, figure agnostic. Um, yeah. You know, use any wizard you want. Use any models you want. Uh, I bet they've sold a boatload of the official Frostgrave figures. Which because are, you know, people don't know where to go to look no. for alternatives. And they're not the greatest sculpts in the world. No, they're not. They're not. Not when you look at the stuff that Andy and... Um, Kev at Hassle Free and many other manufacturers make. Yeah. Um, you know, even the, the Roots of Magic Magicians, all of those, there's lots and lots of options out there. But here's the book, here's the figures that you can use. Yeah. And I think if you haven't, and it's easy for us to criticize, it's easy for us to criticize, and it's not, this is not intended to be criticism. Not at all. Observation. Yeah. If you look at the success that Annie has had. Mm-hmm. Annie has had massive success because she she a I mean she has identified a niche in the market and she has made that niche in the market her own. In yes, her, in with the, uh, with what appears unfettered passion for that niche. Yes, in you know believable female miniatures is what is what she yeah. is. I mean, I love boobs. I'm a massive fan of boobs, but I also think that, you know, they are not something that should be playthings all the time or the driving factor for what should make a model sell. And frankly, chrome nipple covers are not viable armour. Yeah. 
And so, you know, she's made a, an excellent thing with that. And I... At one point, I don't think she's just doing it at the moment. At one point, she was selling rule sets as well, so that she yeah. had that complete package. It would be interesting if we took, to talk to her and find out how that worked for her. Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps that's what we should do. We should get her. We should get. We should get Annie on anyway. Frankly, we should. Yeah, she hasn't been on for ages, and so we should get her on. And because you know, her business is transformed from when we last had her on the show. Mm. Um, you know, they were mobbed out that store. Yes, and you know they were embracing the fun of it. They, you couldn't get further away from crusty old beardy than the Annie store, where, no, every, where everyone was wearing tutus. And yeah. but it was things like the balloons. Yeah, you know the balloons just floating above the stand and everything. It just it was just a fun, bright experience. No one came away from Bad Squid, Bad Squid Games without a smile on their face. No. And I got my figures. Ha-ha! Which I'm yes, playing you with, did. Which I'm playing with at the moment. Clip-clop, 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 clip-clop. <laughs> well, they're all horses. Clip-clop, 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 clip-clop. Okay. I could play with my, um, my, other, my uh, Not Time Bandits figures, if you wanted, because they're also on my desk. Yeah, that's fine. Um, you carry on playing with yourself. So, big news coming out of it. What were the big... It always used to be that Salute was where the big news came out. Tends, yeah. not, tends not to happen anymore this year, nowadays. Um, there were a couple of things that I found very interesting walking around. Um, mm-hmm. The first one was the Wild West Exodus stuff. Yeah basically how much money they are putting into that. I mean, yeah, that's been picked up by Wayland Games now, hasn't it? Yeah. Both from a from a distribution point of view, but also from driving that driving that brand forward. Yeah, and all the rules. Um, and in the... fairness, they seem to be throwing everything into that. Yeah. Um, so John Webb, um, who some of you listening to this will know, uh, War Machine player, uh, SmogCon organiser... Socialist. Um, <laughs> yeah, he won't. Well, come mind. on, if you don't, John Webb, you know that. He, <laughs> he won't mind that. Um, yeah. He's now working for War Cradle as a games designer. Um, yeah. But, there were, you know, there were a lot of people on the War Cradle. It was a very pro put together stand. Um, yeah. So they're doing that. And the other, the biggest one, I think, for me, mm-hmm. um, which took me completely by surprise, though I think it had been leaked the day before. Yes. Um, was the next... Um, is it pronounced Modipus? That's how I pronounce it. Um, basically the next Modipus game, which doesn't appear to be going to Kickstarter. No, I have to admit, I thought that it, it was going to be that. Here it is, and it's coming to us Kickstarter near you soon. But... In fairness, it probably doesn't need a Kickstarter. If they've got the funds to create, if they've got the funds to create it... It will sell without a Kickstarter because of the massive following that the game has. Yeah, and it is Fallout. The miniatures game. I'm just trying to look at... I can't... Oh, there we go. I can spell it. Can you you not see because of the massive excitement that is extruding from you currently? Because you may 
girly squee noises. I did make girly squee noises. Um, so, um, Modipus uh, did the Conan game, didn't they? Yeah. Um, which was a massive success on Kickstarter. Um, they've recently... They're also um, Achtung Cthulhu, um, and they've just yeah. recently brought out a set of miniature rules for Achtung Cthulhu, which I purchased. But um, I wish I'd backed Conan, actually. Uh, mm. they, also did mm. the th- they also did the Thunderbirds game. Um, and they're doing a... Um, what's it called? Various Star Trek games and things. But that's all yeah. by the by, because Modifus brings... It's, I wonder if it's Modifus. Because it's a PH. Modi f- hmm. Fierce. Modi Fierce, maybe? I don't know. Um, okay. They are bringing... They are thrilled to announce, according to their press release. <laughs> Why wouldn't they? Yeah. Fallout Wasteland Warfare. Um, so it's a tabletop miniatures game uh, based on the Fallout universe. If you don't know what the Fallout universe is, it's a, one of the most successful... Uh, video game franchises going. Um, it's an RPG franchise um, from Bethesda. Uh, it's basically Bethesda make two sets of games. They make the uh, Skyrim. Skyrim was the last version of the um, Elder Scrolls, and then they make Fallout. And so Fallout Four was the last one that was released. Fallout Four, yes. Um, which was set in Boston, which is great because I got to walk around streets that I actually know. <laughs> so there is a there is a game coming. Uh, Do you think they'll make one that's set in Norfolk? I seriously doubt it. Shame. Um, in it's, fairness, it's like a post-apocalyptic wasteland anyway. It is. Um, it's set, and it's got full of mutants. <laughs> yes. It, uh, it's set to release in November. Uh you build your own crew from a wide range of factions, allies, and iconic characters from the Fallout series. You play apocalyptic games of 3 to 30 high-quality, 32mm scale resin miniatures through a huge variety of iconic scenery and settlement buildings, from the Red Rocket to so basically all the stuff that's in the thing. Settlements include mm-hmm. buildings, defences, resources that impact the, ar- the crew's army list and ability on the wasteland. So it sounds like there might be a little campaign system that you've got a settlement and you have to go out and deal with it and you Get can stuff. raid settlements and things um, yep. it includes a entire narrative campaign arc as well as unique random missions with narrative style objectives and crew caps recovered in missions can be used to improve the crew's perks, weapons, gear and upgrades for the next encounter um, and you're playing either PvP or tournament mode, I don't know what tournament mm-hmm. mode is also comes with a customizable solo play AI deck so you can solo play it. Yeah. Frankly... Pretty much ticks every box Frankly, in your life. this is just going, yes, Mike, spend all your money on this now. Um, yeah. Interestingly, organised play packs will be available at launch to retail stores, organisers, and gaming groups. Mike is going to be an organiser. Nice. So, um, and it will be pre-order, available for pre-order in the summer. 
um, if you go to the if you go to their website, um, you can see some renders, uh, which are just awesome. They're basically straight out of the video game. Yeah, lovely. Um, it all looks fantastic. I'm very very excited by it. Um, and you know, if you wanted to get a start on building some terrain for it, because you know it's going to be really good, um, then you could go to Train Shed and like get I don't know various things in the Ascension for post-apocalyptic range. That sounds a brilliant idea. I think that there's also some stuff in the new fairground range that you could paint up in a post-apocalyptic fashion. There is. There's also a um, sort of science retro science fiction dungeon almost. I think it's called The Vault. Or, or more commonly known, The Space Dungeon. <laughs> Um, do you think we were subtle enough? Yeah. Okay. It's like subliminal, subliminal. Okay. So I'm very excited by this. Um, I just think it looks awesome. And frankly, even if the rules are rubbish, the figures are amazingly good. Yeah. So it will certainly tick a post uh, tick a post apocalyptic box for us. Has it got a launch date yet? Did you say November? Oh, that's not too far away. No, I mean, it's only six months away. Yeah. Well, look, we'll have finished making our 40k armies by then. Well, well, building them anyway. Yeah, and then put them in the box. Yeah. With their new magnetic bases. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, so, so that was sort of salute, really. Yeah. I mean, I had a, a conversation... Um, with Mark while we were sort of stood and he was waiting for his sort of chariot to arrive around as a punter these days salute also because it doesn't seem to be or it hasn't been the, you know, the big launch event for certain things that it has been in the past and because of the wonders of the interweb these days means that you can look at things, both renders, real models, 360 panning sort of things, painted versions, um, free postage, discounted second party sellers. Salute back in the sort of mid to late 80s when I first started going was the opportunity to actually see things. The minifigs catalogue back in those days was a massive book full of line drawings of the sculpts. There weren't even photos. So it used to be the opportunity to, to go and get things um, and not have to write an order form out in hard copy, write a cheque. Cheques for the kids listening used to be a kind of thing like PayPal, but really long-winded. Um, and then waiting your 28 days for them to sculpt and send it out. These days, because of the kind of almost instant gratification of point-click, next-day delivery, Salute isn't, again, isn't something that it was back then of seeing a physical product. I mean, yes, the internet doesn't show you a physical product, but you see, you see, get a better idea of what you're buying way more than, you know, you used to. Even 10 years ago, you look at how manufacturers' websites are now, compared to how they were 10 years ago, you know, that almost interactive nature of some of them means it's not that, it doesn't have that same 
purpose, perhaps, as it did back in the olden days. Yeah. Um, so as, as a sales avenue for punters, don't get me wrong, there were still hundreds and hundreds of people there. Um, but it doesn't, I, for me, it doesn't have that same, you know, it, it's not like I saved my money to go to salute in, you know, around Easter time, back like I used to. You know, that was when I'd make my game purchases because I could go and I could buy an army box or something like that. That's not there anymore. It's not bloody cheap to get in. It's not certainly not cheap to park your bloody car there. Um, so, you know, to get there, unless you live in London and are using that public transport shenanigans, um, you know, it's practically costing you 50 quid to get in. There's a lot of toys you can buy for 50 quid. So from that point of view, I wonder why it still has the draw it does. Um, there seem to be less games on display this year than perhaps last year. Um, so it's not that you're going necessarily to see the eye candy. It'll, just, it'll be interesting when people listen to chuck up on Twitter why they still go to Salute or what their experience and what they hope to get from Salute is. Because I, I am genuinely confused about why I would go to Salute next year. Yeah. Because I just, I just don't know. For me, for what you see... The cost is just isn't worth it. I don't mean to be miserable about it, but you know it costs the best part of fifty quid to go and see stuff that I know what it looks like because I looked at it on my phone yesterday. Yep. So yeah, and whilst there were and there were early releases of stuff, you know mm-hmm. the the barbarian ride on the rhino thing. For example, yeah, you know that was just that's just satisfying. There, I need it now. Urge, you know, yeah. it's going to be, they're all going to be on general release in a few weeks. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, salute certainly doesn't seem to be getting any smaller, and it's not dying in any way. But for me personally, I've got no intention of going next year. See, I haven't decided. I might go. I'm certainly not going to work a stall. No. Um, I might go. Oh God, we were in such pain. <laughs> I mean, you have never. This is what. This is how Conrad must feel all the time. Yeah, because he's proper old. But we were. We when we when we left, we struggled to get in the car to make our legs bend in the right directions, and then yeah. when we got when we got at, we stopped at the. the um, Services by Stansted, but they're not really by Stansted, are they? <laughs> well, apparently, well, no. Apparently, they're not really by Stansted. There was just a load of planes crashing into the ground um, nearby. <laughs> we, we saw, honestly, you have never seen a couple of. I mean, we could have done with Zimmer frames, frankly. Oh, my legs hurt. It was just, it was ridiculous. The the cries of pain, the the shuffling gait of the old was, and infirm. It was pathetic. Oh, dear. Oh, it was sore. Um, I think I might go next year, but I would go just to see people that I haven't seen. You know, to, yeah, go, and, I mean, to go and chat with people... 
that I don't see regularly that I talk to that I talk to on internet's quite a lot. But yeah, you know, go and chat for twenty minutes with so and so, and then go and see them, and go and see you know. Yeah. But I wouldn't. But then, but then that's a different thing um, because you know you know loads of people. But for somebody who doesn't, yes, when you when you look at, I guess the other big show is Partisan, which I haven't been for a couple of years. Oh no, we went last year. That's a lie. But it's like five pounds to get in, and there's free parking. Um, admittedly, it's nowhere near as big as Salute, but from a I want to go and buy toys. The big book, you know, the major people are there. Yeah. Um, I just, you know, to me, I don't know. I just feel slightly conflicted by the, by the whole thing. If I wanted to spend kind of that money to go somewhere, <gasps> sorry, goodness you, me, you was, said a rude word. Sorry, you'll have to bleep it. At forty-four um, minutes, forty-five right. seconds. I'm gonna have to that's make the a first note one in now. A, that's the first one in a very long time. Um, but good goodness me, I'd rather go up to Warhammer World for the day because the cost of getting there is equitable and it's actually, you know, the cost of getting in is probably less because, you know, you're only paying to go and look around the exhibit these days and that, what was it, £7.50, £8 quid like to go around that? Um, and that's the eye candy. So, well, I'm the eye candy, You've but seen. then you can look at the toys as well. So... I just don't know whether what I would get more satisfaction out of, but I do agree there there are, and we did speak to a lot of people that we know through various means, whether other gamers, people that we know from things like DAFCON and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, buy your DAFCON tickets. There you go. Oh, very good. Very good. We'll record another one another day about DAFCON. Right, I think we're done. I think we've 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 witted on about salute and yeah. stuff for a while. So, okay, well that's good. Yeah. Um. Until next time, I've been Mike. And I've been Matt. He forgot what he was supposed to say. He's going what what? Uh, he... It's because he swore. I was just hanging my head in shame that I swore at forty-four, forty-five. <sighs> Or approximately. There or thereabouts. Yeah. All right, then. Well, uh, as always, we shall see you again soon. Latest taters. Bye-bye. You can contact Fools Daily on Twitter. We're at Fools Underbar Daily. Or via email, foolsdaily at outlook.com. <laughs>